It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martineau, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, the Crickets are joined by Brett Ehrlich from TYT's Rebel HQ and review the 1984 American black comedy horror film, Gremlins. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. All right. Hey, friends. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with, normally I say my good friend Chris Martineau, he is absent today. Uh, and I use that word because he is a teacher, so uh, absent is most likely the word. They still use that word, I assume. Uh, so, yeah, he couldn't be here. But Melanie has uh, joined us again uh, every week like she does. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Uh, doing well. And uh, we are psyched to have Brett Ehrlich. He is uh, from TYT. He, does the, he contributes to, like, he does the damage report. He does the main, uh, the main show and uh, Rebel HQ. And if I'm missing anything, let me know. Welcome, Brett. It's great to be here. Secretly, I'm the director of programming at TYT, which means as, as awesome as it is to be on camera, when I'm off camera, I'm scrambling to make sure that nothing breaks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, but I, I miss I mean, yeah, it's great to be here. I'm very grateful that you would even think to ask me on. So thank you so much. I'm excited. I saw Jessica Burbank did the show a couple weeks ago. Um, she's fantastic. You guys are mm-hmm. fantastic, and uh, it was a it was pretty awesome watching Gremlins again. <laughs> nice, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a wacky movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, it's been one of those that you just like. So, sometimes stuff stays on your radar um, for many many years, and some slip by. And this one is the one that slipped by for me. Um, it, so before. Uh, like I said, I, um, I had said off the uh, off the show, I would said to Brett that I had seen it about a month ago and watched most of it this time again. So it's like, you know, I, mean, I got it. Uh, and but before that, I, I can't I want to say the 80s. I'm not sure uh, if it was. Um, yeah. Um, so it's been a long time. Oh my God. Same for me. I hadn't seen it since the 80s. Yeah? Since nice. since like uh, so cowering behind the couch. In the 80s, like 89, when I was like seven, I guess that would make me seven, just being like, this is too scary. I was a Gremlins 2 kid. Like, I've seen that 700 times. And so watching it again, now looking at it, like all the things that were, that I thought were so creative about Gremlins 2, I was like, oh, that was just like a throwback to all the stuff they innovated with Gremlins 1. Yeah. But, and uh, Tony Randall was in that, I think, like like playing some sort of a intellectual version, right? Uh, yes, yes. I want to say unless it was just in the trailer. There were a bunch of people that showed up for like a few seconds. The big things for me when I think I think I don't know if he was just in the trailer for that, but definitely like the the the. I think it was like the grandfather from like the Munsters was in it, but like an homage to him, an homage to Julia Child was in it. A lot of archetypes invoked that I like thinking back, I'm not sure that they were actually played by the people they were supposed to be in the movie. Was that the one? Though that I think the um, building. Yeah. Okay. Gremlins two so takes place. Who was in that. Yeah. Do you remember like one of the girls she had red hair and she was kind of like 
a little bit bitchy, and she was Marla. the girl from what was her name? You Marla, remember her name? I believe. Yeah, she was from uh, Sixteen Candles. And what was it? No, yeah, it was the Sixteen Candles with Molly Ringwald. She was the girl with the blonde hair that they had to cut her hair out of the door when she got it stuck in. Oh, the oh all right. <laughs> yep, that was her. Yeah. It was Phoebe Cates was in it. Um, the mm-hmm. the uncle from the Gremlins got had his you know came back. Billy Peltzer's there. The dad was not there in that. I'm not sure he was still alive. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but, yeah. So the difference between Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2, the new batch, I believe it was called, <laughs> yeah. is instead yeah, of yeah. Kingston Falls, the little small town, uh, you know, let's just boot back. Let's turn all the lights back on in the Back to the Future uh, um the universal backlot mini town. They yes, exactly. took it to the city and uh, the Mogwai returns and, and it, it's all in a, in a clamp towers, not a Trump towers clamp. Uh, instead, it's basically <laughs> a, a, a Donald Trump type who um, is in a skyscraper in New York city. But yeah, <laughs> no kidding. It's been a long time since I've seen that one too. Uh, so I, so but Melanie, you like you've seen you it like tons of times. Better? Oh, sorry, Jay. No, that's all right. That's okay, a delay. Since you grew up with two, did you like one better or two better? I I now hate and resent myself for liking two better growing up. Like the difference between two and one is two is overtly super duper campy. Looking at this movie, yeah. Gremlins one, like I, I you don't really even there's no genre to put it in. Like, it's a dark comedy, but not like any dark comedy they'd make anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like most of the people in the film are running around being like, is this a comedy? I don't know if I, I'm probably going to make it because the evil things are so cute. And then they yeet the neighbor out the door. The crazy cat lady goes flying, and I'm pretty sure she dies. Yeah, so about that crazy cat lady, I always make jokes all the time. I've even had my kids watch. They've seen the whole movie, but... Just clips of that lady again when she's kind of coming down the stairs and she's talking to all of her cats. Oh, you know, you're a bad kitty. Wait for this kitty. You know, I'm mainly feed all the kitties, you know, whatever. I'm like, okay, that is me when I get older. I'm like the crazy cat lady. And I think that's also Jay's <laughs> wife, Wendy, too. <laughs> that's what we're going to be like when we get older, just so you know. <laughs> uh, oh, I know that that crazy cat lady character survives. When we did Rotten Tomato Show, we always used to do like watch this movie as though these two actor, this actor is playing the same role in both. And the Chris Columbus overlap it, with this and Mrs. Doubtfire, the crazy cat lady, is the woman who lives next door to Miranda and Robin Williams, you know, Sally Field and Robin Williams, and ends up calling the the police and breaks up the marriage, thrusting the movie into act two. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's her. I, that's what I, I love the cast of this movie. Very yeah, much. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. She, she's always going to be known as Flo to me because, you know, from Alice. Right. I don't know if you're too young for that or not. Um, but, yeah, Alice, mm-hmm. every time I see her, all I can picture her saying is, kiss my grits. <laughs> like, I, f- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like isn't the – I was just IMDB deep diving. I feel like the, the, the Chinese guy is in Alice as well. Really? I don't know. I just I forget if it was Chris Columbus or 
who had the overlap. But I definitely saw Alice in my IMDb like fever dream earlier as I was like, what came first? But yeah, I. <laughs> well, it was supposed to be like you know comedy horror, obviously. Um, I don't know if you want to. Do you want to do the rundown of what the um. Yeah, I have that in a second. I just um, I do want to mention Joe Dante, uh, the director. Um, he has also done other things like that. Um, he did The Burbs, which also has the same exact vibe, horror and comedy mixed, which people like didn't yeah. know how to handle. Um, which is funny because they knew how to handle Gremlins, kind of. I mean, except for the kids. But <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in a minute. But. Um, uh, but like, and also Small Soldiers, which was a little later in the uh, mid '90s. Do you guys remember that one? I never saw Small Soldiers. Where these? It's it's actually pretty good. It's uh, the, these toys that somehow. Oh, uh, Dennis oh, Leary <laughs> uh, puts yeah. a uh, like a crazy mega type of chip into some mm -hmm. of them, and I, I I think they accidentally end up uh, like that. Oh, that guy Dick Miller. That guy that's in this movie, uh, that's the next door neighbor, uh, ex-military guy. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, he's in that, and he uh, like gives the kid uh, who's watching the toy shop, um, like you know, a couple of extra toys, like to help his, uh, you know, like his dad's shop. And they ended up, they end up like coming to life, or you know, like starting to battle each other. It's, it's really funny. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like he, he does these. Uh, when he does these movies, he does like I think Dick Miller's like in like, at least four or five of them uh, that that Joe Dante has done. So it's pretty interesting. Um, right now, we do uh, what we do is we do the IMDb uh, one sentence synopsis, and my kids actually do the uh, reading for it. So I uh, have a pre-recorded version, and boy, I feel bad. My seven-year-old had to read this sentence. You're going to hear it in a second. It's just like, wow, I had to do some... Okay, now this is how you say that because it's he's seven, you know, and I wouldn't expect him to know half of these words. Okay, you ready? Here we go. It's time now for the one-sentence synopsis from the IMDb. A young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. The film crickets are on now. I hope you will be lucky and I hope you enjoy the show. That was quite yeah, a mouthful for him. He did a pretty good yeah. job. <laughs> that was, that was, malevolently. That was so cruel. <laughs> that was so much alliteration and like shoehorned alliteration. It wasn't stuff that you would, you know, intuitively come up with. They were like, what else starts with an M we can shove in this sentence? I know. <laughs> about those rules. But since we talked about the rules, I mean, the rules, honestly, like sunlight, water. Like, OK, doesn't every living thing needs to drink something? Doesn't every living thing needs water? And, and the thing is, like, okay, well, that bar scene where they were all drinking beer, that's liquid. You're not supposed to get them wet. They're not supposed to drink anything. They're not supposed to get wet. They were not multiplying in the bar, so I noticed that. And then the hugest thing is, and I've always thought of this even when I was little, after midnight, well, when can they eat next? 
because literally everything <laughs> after that is after midnight. Is there a time after that they're allowed to eat? Is it 1 a.m.? Is it only from 12 to 1? Is it anything after 1 a.m.? Then that's fair game. Is I mean, that never made sense to me whatsoever. And that's why this, that's there many reasons why this pet. thought put into <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of thought put into the consistency factor, especially like how hard it is to kill them anyway. Because like I, I don't understand why the mom isn't put in charge of figuring out how to murder these things. Because she in the first scene, she like she like hits one button and it's pureed. She goes and she puts another one. He's already in the microwave. Boom, he's gone. And yeah. then she disappears for the rest of the movie. As Billy's yeah. like, I don't know what to do. Maybe we could catch them at the movie theater. In in Gremlins 2, in Gremlins 2, there's like a whole part where they absolutely call out how inconsistent and strange it is where they're like messing with Billy and they're like, let's say one's in an airplane and he gets some caught in his teeth and he flies across a time zone and then it comes loose and he eats it. Does he then turn into a gremlin? And it's just... I think what they're ba- they're basing it on is they're so damn cute and it's such yeah. a ridiculous premise and a ridiculous experience mm-hmm. and it's so out of genre that you just kind of say you put up with it. I wonder if yeah. that kind of grace would be given to a film these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was an original idea. Uh, nobody had ever done anything like that before. Uh, you know what I mean? And like it was because like, it was things from this. right, but I mean it was so adorable, like and then so scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so, like the one question that you could at least begin asking is, is it a kids movie? <laughs> and I it's, think Brett uh, kind of answered that earlier. I feel like it's supposed to be a kids movie. It's supposed to be. I consider it a Christmas movie. It was supposed to be out actually during Christmas, but. Again, with the whole after midnight thing, well, what do they actually eat? Because he told them all these rules, but he didn't tell them what to feed them. So, I mean, what is he eating? And at the end, the mom's like, well, I think he might like some chicken soup. So, okay, I guess he just eats regular people food, you know? And then she's like, oh, Which I, is I wet. hope that he's housebroken. And, yeah, and then she's like, I hope that he's housebroken. And you're thinking, okay, so how is he going to the bathroom? Is it a cat box? Is he, is he going in the toilet? I mean, what, is, does he have newspapers laid out? I, mean, I don't know. There, yeah, there's, there's a, a special little, there's a special category in in mascotry, I guess, in like these <laughs> creaturedom. It's like, it's it's similar, to, like the, the gremlins themselves are similar to like the, the Chick-fil-A cows, where you're like, these cows write eat more chicken they like write it out they're literate yeah. but like not that literate like they can spell they, they or they can write they just kind of can't spell that well same with yeah. these gremlins the gremlins are out there they're like i i don't they're they there's a lot of stuff they can't figure out they're they kind of speak in half sentences but they all have like really good fashion sense like they're all picking out really good coherent they have instant cultural understanding and appreciation like one of them know it was born literally like 32 hours ago and it already knows it loves milk duds yeah (laughs) well also did you guys like when i was watching it this time i was kind of thinking like sorry i was kind of thinking like um when when the dad goes to pick up this strange creature that he's never seen before he's you know, he keeps calling it an it or whatever, but then he brings it home 
I mean, this little creature is like an animal that you have never seen in your life. This is like this crazy creature you've never seen in your life. And it can talk, and it's very highly intelligent. And they're so unimpressed with all of that. They're not like, oh, my God, where did this thing come from? Is there more of them? Like, how did this thing get here? What is this thing? It's, it's like so unimpressive to them. Like, oh, yeah, this is my new pet. Oh, that's really cool. You know, and then uh, when he's, like, multiplying several times, like, Corey Feldman's like, yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm looking at it. It's really cool. Like, it's just so unimpressive. <laughs> it's like, multiplying and the and dad, things are coming off. <laughs> the dad says, oh, uh, you know, this, you know, we, we could make a million off of this. This, he might be yeah. the, the, the replacement for the dog. <laughs> right. And by the way, I want to ask, how did they afford the house? With the that. dad having that as a job. I thought of that, too, because she's not working. Well, they said you're <laughs> pretty much supporting half your household. Like, So apparently the, the son who works at the bank is contributing all this money to his to his home. But, yeah, he's not working. I mean, his, his gadgets are pretty cool, but they fail immediately after. The mom doesn't work. You can tell they're having money problems, but... How are, how did they afford any of this? I thought of that the whole time I'm watching this being an adult for this time watching it going, okay, I don't understand how they're affording this nice house in this nice neighborhood. And because no his inventions in. are terrible. Huh? So bad. His inventions are The median are bad. house price <laughs> in America has really risen. And that's, that's it. Back in Kingston Falls was built on a nuclear test site. So as evidenced <laughs> by the gremlin plague, to be honest. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was a steal. And Billy does work in finance, you know? And, and yes, That's he's a bank right. teller, but but uh, but who knows? He's a child I laborer. Like they they, they look to him for the money. That kind of thing. <laughs> child laborer. <laughs> they look for him for the money because bank. dad sucks. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. I like the dad. But um, no, no, speaking I just, of like, him working at a bank, when Mrs. Deagle comes in and she's, she does it twice. She's threatening a dog, like, oh, I'm going to put him in a spin cycle. Just give him to me. And, you know, oh, if I get my hands on him. She's, twice she's threatening the life of this dog in a bank, and everyone's like, hmm. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Put him in a spin cycle. That'll kill him for sure. Nowadays, you say something like that, people would be like, they would dig, beat the crap out of this person for, like, basically saying that you're going to, like, find this dog and, like, kill him for no reason whatsoever. You would never be able to get away with something like that now. And they're all like, whatever, she's fine. Yeah, that would kill him. That's that's right. <laughs> like, it's like not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot. So, yeah, I don't think this is a good movie. <laughs> I think this, this is a bad movie. Like, that's part of its charm. But, like, right. you look at, at, a, at another, like, Steven Spielberg-produced movie of the 80s in Goonies, right? And and it's got the magic to it, and and that holds together more. Yes, it's like got this grown up kid vibe, but there's not as many like gaping holes in the plot outside. Mm. You know, this one it's just you as as Steven Spielberg really unlocked the key of the the and and changed Hollywood to create the blockbuster summer film. Um, mm -hmm. in that just you know a few years before this came out, and as uh, George Lucas unbridles the merchandising you know hegemon of of that what Hollywood could do in terms of merchandising, 
This is just like really cute and creepy, but fun little beasts running around. Like if you have a cute enough thing doing weird enough charming stuff, you don't need a plot that holds together. You don't need rules that make any sense. You don't need what's very obviously a dewy-eyed um, gizmo. Like its eyes are like shiny and reflective and so cute. You, you, you don't. It doesn't have to drink water. There's just so much of this. It's like yes, this is a, this movie makes no sense whatsoever. But we're riding it around the set piece of the bar scene and the movie theater. That's oh my god! Like, and the bar scene with the break dancing and the leg warmers and everything is so funny. Yeah, really it's like send up when you see that part of it. Yeah, it's a send up of of contemporary. It's so funny because this this movie has so little that holds together plot wise or at least like rules wise, but mm-hmm. it has the hubris to take pot shots at flash dance. Yeah. I'm telling you, though, as much as... Well, you know, it was actually supposed to be a much darker movie because um, Joe Dante wanted it much darker. I just realized... I, I was doing some research, and I realized some deleted scenes, which let me tell you about these because these are pretty crazy. Okay, so Billy's mom not only dies, but she was she gets decapitated. And oh, my God. When he opens <laughs> the door, when he comes home, her head rolls down the stairs, okay? Oh, my God. And they cut that out. Okay. Gremlins, they also eat the dog. Okay. Um, There was was, um, poor dog. And, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, like you can watch a horror movie and you're like, okay, the other people are getting killed. Oh, come on. Not the dog. It's like, you know, you get all upset of the dog Mm. getting killed. To just go along with the idea of people and dogs and uh, the way they react is, uh, you know, the scene in you've seen Independence Day? Yes. Oh, don't even talk to me about it. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Bring it. I need to hear this. Um, (laughs) Okay, so in the tunnel, when um, Will Smith's girlfriend, uh, Jasmine, and the little boy are trying to run out of the car and then into the little side door, Mm -hmm. well, they showed it to test audiences, and that's all that happened was them escaping the fire by themselves and nobody cared and they were like let's add the dog and they added the dog and they called him like yeah you know whatever his name is he comes running jumps just in time before the flames come the the theater the test audience went oh (laughs) like they all went nuts you know what i mean like so it's like got it (laughs) i like to care more about the dogs than the kid it's great it's, it's true, true just like an I Am Legend, when they killed that dog, I'm like, come on. And I remember my daughter watching that, and she was like, if they kill that dog, that's it. I'm not watching the rest of it. you know. <laughs> and then we watched another movie that was a shark movie, and this little tiny Yorkie's like swimming along, and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to get eaten by the dog. And then you don't see the dog, and you're like, what the hell? And at the very end of the movie, the little dog, because he's still there, and you're like, oh, good. Like, all these people got killed, and you're like, oh, the dog is okay. It's okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah That's so going true, back though. to like deleted scenes there was also a mcdonald's scene where the customers are being eaten instead of hamburgers by the gremlins they cut that out oh my god this is a huge plot change that i never knew so um not only was you know you know how there's spike in the movie uh with a little you know mohawk there there was never supposed to be both gizmo and spike gizmo was supposed to turn into spike 
And they were going to just get rid of Gizmo. It's just Gizmo, when he changed, he was supposed to turn into Spike when he got hit with the water. And Spielberg overruled that, stating, no, 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 Gizmo's cute. And he thought the audience would really love him and that they would want to see yeah. him through the entire movie. Thank God, or they wouldn't have been able to make any of the other ones because everyone loved Gizmo. So, but can you imagine that? They were just going to get rid of him and just turn him into Spike? Right. And when people say stuff about the movie making process, they always talk about like the studio shows up and the true auteurs get silenced in the in the service of, you know, Hollywood money making. I'm hearing some of these changes and on the one definitely with the gizmo stuff, I'm with it. Like I I want to keep the the gizmo around. It's probably a quote better movie with more stakes or whatever if mm-hmm. if gizmo freaking turns into spike or stripe and like dies and <laughs> and can't come back maybe at the end he they find a way to revert back to the old gizmo thing but like i now when i was a kid i was afraid of everything like i wouldn't want to watch movies tv after 10 p.m. cuz i thought everything was suddenly scary on tv so i stayed away <laughs> from this but like there's this weird flex that people would do uh, back in the day where they're like, I like scary movies because they're messed up and they can be funny. And kind of the weird middle ground that I find in this film when it goes from like Spike shooting someone in the face to like they're just doing a fun dance with leg warmers on. I kind of want to <laughs> see what it would have been like if her if Mama's head rolls down the stairs to Billy's feet. Like, I don't know if they... And that, that like, you're right, with the, the burbs as the analog. Like, maybe the burbs was too dark, and this was just light enough to make it into the, the you know, warm the hearts of America when it when it came out to, to merit a sequel, and there is no burbs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, well, that burbs is phenomenal. Things. I love the burbs. Uh, I, I, I think it's a quote fest you can just talk about it all day long um i think it's one of those things that caught on after the theater like the theater was like people just weren't they had no idea what the hell was going on then video came out and they're like oh okay you know the right people found it and um so like with the burbs they 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 have the the darkness and and this one here it's i don't know it's it's like such a strange thing because they they have the way the kids like they they want to bring kids in and the theater i guess the the trailers were having mostly gizmo or they weren't really showing much at first so they were bringing people in because they were like wow look at this oh it went up against um it came out the same weekend as ghostbusters and it came in number mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty good and it came in number four when the whole when it was all said and done for the year so like, I mean, it all kind of worked, even really? though it was kind of a messed up sequel. You know what I mean? Like idea, like be, of but being the, such a horror is, slash. Yeah, where this falls in the history of movies, in the transition from auteur filmmaker seventies to all right, just print it, put it in a blockbuster format, eighties and nineties and two thousands. The trailer is, I, I hadn't thought about that, but like cutting cutting this movie into a trailer and marketing it has had to have been so difficult 
But I do think like the ways that it doesn't stand up to me now are just like a lot of it's just like the the way to make a film scary and spooky in the 80s was just to add goo. Yeah, (laughs) there's so much goo in the movie. It's like dirty, like grimy, smoky goo. Um, (laughs) That's something that I just I don't know if you can cut that into a into a trailer it makes me want to watch the trailer and see how it ended up for for gremlins so uh, what what i what it was described as at first they weren't showing them uh they were showing uh like they like talking about billy got a christmas present from his father it was an animal you know like and they were sort of like kind of dancing around it because you know like in that type they kind of did that with et um they weren't showing et right away um, and some of the early TV spots were focusing on Gizmo. So what do you think? It's PG. What do you think parents are going to do? They're going to take their kids to see this cute little guy. Um, so, okay, so I just have a couple things. I'm a big nerd for special effects. So um, the making of it, like as far as like, you know, those little fur balls that kept popping off of Gizmo before they started to grow. They were done with mm-hmm. balloons. And, um, and then even the gremlin in the microwave um, it was done with a, a big balloon that would explode. And, and this is so weird. Like, I literally never knew this before I read this. Um, initially, they, they started using monkeys. <laughs> and they had gremlins masks over freaking monkeys' faces. <laughs> so whenever, like, the gremlins had to climb something or run, they wanted to use monkeys and have, like, gremlins costumes on them. But the monkeys weren't cooperating pretty good. They were not liking this mask on their face. And As animals they were pretty freaked out and pretty scared. And they just got oh too startled God. too easily. So then they had to go oh. to puppets. So that's when they had to start making all the puppets. And then um, the gizmo, gizmo itself, they, they had so many problems with the puppets because the puppets were so small. Um, so they did have some puppets that were being controlled, you know, up here but the other ones were like there's so many digital controls in them and gizmo was so small that he had numerous puppets and it's kind of like the shark from jaws it was so frustrating to them because it kept breaking like every two seconds so just kind of funny that i literally can't believe they were going to use monkeys when we talk about whether the we always talk will the film hold up today yeah the reason they didn't use monkeys eventually it sounds like is because yeah you say that it didn't they didn't cooperate. Now didn't you cooperate. can't, like, I did a thing with Disney, with Marvel and Disney, and yeah. uh, it was for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Simmons and Fitz, those characters, in season one, all he wanted was a monkey. And so, oh. uh, as a, like a lab assistant. Mm-hmm. And the amount of stuff that that comes along with trying to incorporate animals into any shoot these days, especially mm-hmm. monkeys, like they showed us the Disney legal team showed us like all the you cannot do's with monkeys. And it was like specifically orangutans you can't show. We we wanted to show a photo of a monkey and they wouldn't let us. So we had to draw a cartoon version of a monkey to think that Why they were like, show your photo? I think it has to do. It's because Disney couldn't guarantee that the monkey in that was in that photo was treated well and allowed to live in the wild in its natural habitat for long enough. So they're like, don't do it because we don't want to we don't want to be a part of that. But then to think back to 1983 as they're shooting this, just going like, yeah, put that mask on the monkey. 
Cover it in goo. Put it in a microwave. You get the monkey in a the microwave. They love it. Put a banana. Put a banana. Get, get a monkey microwave. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah, you're it's right. Terrible. They can do a lot of things with animals back then. They can't do nowadays. That's for sure. <laughs> but I just I couldn't believe it. They made, like, special gremlins masks and shoved them on the monkey's heads. And they were like, no, I want this. And there's someone in, like, you know, props just going, like, I... I love and hate my job at the same time. I, you I don't know. To they said monkeys. Monkey? <laughs> no. Okay. Let's hold no. him still. Let's try to put this. Can you imagine what it, when somebody's trying to hold them still and the other one's trying to pull the mask over? <laughs> I can't get any of the lines out. It's the whole movie's ADR because it was just like cackling. That's fantastic. Everything is very obviously puppets. Like the stuff yeah. that your brain while watching this movie is like, yeah, I know it's a puppet, but I love that it is uh, wearing a trench coat and flashing Phoebe Cates right now, even though it has zero junk. Like, I'm sure there was a conversation like, I know the, the gremlin's going to flash it. Do we give him like a weird genital? Like, it doesn't have to look like any human genital because this thing doesn't even drink water to survive. So we can do anything we want. Like, do we have it look like another gremlin down there? No, they were just like... Asa. Wow. Well, I guess they, they of... don't have they don't need genitals to procreate, so I guess it works right. out. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Just jump in the water. Just um, water on them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Phoebe Cates, uh, she had a reunion with Judge Reinhold, and uh, there was a movie that they were in for uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So, like, there was a love connection or a uh, a wishful love connection there in both films, which is kind of funny. I really hated hating Judge Reinhold, though. I love Judge Reinhold. I know. And I like movie, him, too. It's like, I, hate, yeah. I can't stand him. And it's like, mm-hmm. I can't. Ah! Oh, you know? He just, he's, oh. he's so likable. What about Phoebe's uh, Kate's story there? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Christmas story. Hey, Come children. On. Gather round. And by the way... <laughs> If you're bringing kids to see yeah. this, they're probably oh God, younger. Like, you know, like, hey, we're going to see some sort of weird Muppet movie. <laughs> All right. And then we're going <laughs> to not only reveal that Santa's not a lot, that not real, but he can also die if he oh, goes in the different. chimney. <laughs> yeah. Dark. Oh, my God. And like, and then, oh, the smell was so bad that that's when, when I was nine years old, I lit the fire and there was this terrible smell. I'm like. <laughs> Oh my God! I just I and well, you know what? They they wanted to remove that. The the um, studio executives were like, "No, take this out, take the scene out." They did not want it, but Dante fought so hard to keep that in there because he thought it was more like, "No, this is what this movie's all about. It's supposed to be horror. It's supposed to be comedy." Um, but I remember even being little, thinking, "You can't fit down a chimney." <laughs> I'm sorry, but I remember thinking, who hmm. the heck is a grown man can think that he can fit down this little chimney chute? I don't know. I just, I don't know you why can't even, people try to do that. You can't even get it. Like, I was on our roof today, like, looking at a chimney being like, there's no way you can get, you can't even get far enough in to die there. No, you can't. Right. That's, and, I remember, and I even remember you'd thinking You'd be lucky if you could fit walking. your foot. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's horrible. Horrible. Um, and oh no, sorry, um, Frank. Did you guys notice? Did you guys know notice who Frank was? The cop, Frank. Yeah, he's like in a bunch of stuff. Better Call what, Paul was... and Breaking Bad and all that. That's him. Yes, that that's crazy? Mike Ermintrout. 
I saw. I think that's. I was gonna pause and look it up, but I was like, I'm too close to missing the show. (laughs) If I pause right now, yeah, and and he's so good as the drunk cop. And and actually, he has some of the funniest lines. It's so funny. He's sitting there looking, and I have this written down just because I thought it was so funny. He's like, "My God, Frank, that's Mrs. Deagle." And then, then um, and then he goes, "Jesus, Frank." That's Dave Mars. He does Santa every year. And then the, the sheriff goes, what the hell is he doing right now? And what is that stuff all over him? He's talking about all the gremlins all over him. I just thought that was so cute. And they don't do anything to help. These are This is the cop and the sheriff. They're yeah. driving around, and they see people flying out of windows, and the Santa's running around with these things on him, and he's dying. And he's like, I want to go home. I want to go back. to. Can't we just go back to the station? And like as they're driving down the street... Corey Feldman's trying to get rid of the ones that are on his roof, and they're just like trying to get away from everybody and go home to safety. Which I'm like, okay, don't get out of your car and try to shoot anything or help anybody or anything. <laughs> like, for, like, for kids watching it today, if you were to say, all right, let's go watch Gremlins, tell me about it. Yeah. Like, there, they, I think they would have trouble with the genre. There was just a time, like the Disneyfication through the the like. 80s and 90s and all the all even through like there's some things die in marvel movies that you wouldn't you're not quite sure like there's a lot of murder in marvel movies that like people actually die as opposed to like they just kind of fall and you never see them again um but with this i think another thing kids would have trouble with is like there's a mall and there's a movie theater that's like very spielbergy to be like all right let's do a movie you know i know he doesn't he didn't write it or direct it but he like produced it and it has his fingerprints all over it the fact that everyone's going to be watching this in a movie theater because that's how you do in 1984 and then scary things are going to happen there this love of movies that makes its way onto the screen in a meta sense they're watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, that. which is it like funny that they're singing "Hi Ho." It's, it's I, and I love yeah, how he was like, "They're watching Snow White," and then he goes, "And they love it." <laughs> so cute. I love the Gremlins. I do. I love it. And like, and, and you were talking about movie theaters and all that kind of stuff in malls. Okay, both my kids were just at the mall yesterday, and every time a good movie comes out, we go to the movie theater. So this is still a thing for us. Okay, good. I'm like scared. We don't have any kids. I'm just like, is do people still mall? Yeah, they still is do. There... Oh, that's good. Not as I'm often. I'm so happy. Yeah, like, not as often. All the malls where I, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, all the malls like turned into like just sad, empty experiences. Also, do you guys do you remember the robot that was in the back? Remember the guy was calling from the convention center and there's a robot in the back? He was on the phone. <laughs> So um, I guess that's the robot from this movie called Forbidden Planet. It's the same robot. And he says the same exact lines in it about talking about rust and stuff. So same exact lines, Amazing. same robot from that movie. Um, and then what else? Oh, we okay, so we have to talk about what the Gremlins is from. The where, where it comes from, the word Gremlins, is actually originated in World War II. Um, when any mechanical thing went wrong, especially with planes, they would blame it on gremlins, little tiny monsters. And then in 1943, there was a book called The Gremlins, and that's how Spielberg wanted to like buy that and try to make it his own and try to do a movie off of that. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. 
And I do. Let's pause there for a second. Yeah. Talking about, they could have just left it there. And there's tons of like, the like trolls and little mischief makers in European lore. Yeah. Especially if you want to bring it back to World War Two. But instead, they went with Chinese people of magic. <laughs> let's have a crazy. Let's get the guy who plays from the Charlie Chan movies, which that is the actor from the Charlie Chan movies, to go and be this magical Asian dude, you know. And we'll get like the Japanese technology invoked by this by the by the dad, but we'll kind of mix it and go across the the bay or the sea and go to like. We'll do the China guy because we get more of a beard iconography. Yeah. And Mogwai actually is like a Chinese word for demon or gremlin or devil. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just went with that. And it's just the fact that they did that is also just like, I'm not sure they would do that and get away with it now. Just being like, <laughs> okay, so what's the answer? A magic Chinese dude. I never thought of him as magic. I thought of him as just like being knowledgeable and like knowing things that we don't know and i guess the whole premise of this movie is basically us americans uh take something that's innocent and pure and don't know how to handle anything and turn everything into a big chaotic freaking mess and in some with evilness mixed in with it i don't know i guess that's what they're trying to tell us and how chilly is at the end where he's like you guys messed up a little anyways here's 200 bucks and why is he Here's your money back? back. I don't know why he takes them back. <laughs> Obviously, they learned their lesson. And I kept thinking of that, too. Like, why is he taking them back? He likes his family now. He's got a family. Billy loves him. And I'm sorry, even though this freaking thing is a puppet. Okay, the first time that, that Gizmo pops his cute little face out of that box, I had tears in my eyes. And I still had tears in my eyes watching it today when he's going, bye-bye, Billy. I'm like, oh, my God, no, just stay. Why do you have to leave? They've already learned their lesson. Just let him, just let him stay. Because like, Corey Feldman's going to spill another drink. What? Because Corey Feldman's going to spill another glass. Uh, you know, he's just, yeah. something's going to happen. And it's going to be like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> They're going to mess with the clock. Apparently, that's what happens so I, in part two. So they they screw up again. <laughs> right, it see, is what happens in in in. How do they in happen? Gremlins two. How did it happen? In Gremlins, I wasn't confident I would remember, but here's what happens. Okay. There is so I the old Chinese guy dies. Yeah, I remember that. And working at Trump or at Clamp Towers. <laughs> <laughs> is Billy Peltzer and his wife Phoebe Cates, mm-hmm. Kat, Katie. Um, she is a tour guide with a ridiculous hat. He works in art because he's an artist and he draws things. But he gets the Mogwai, he gets Gizmo and puts him in his drawer and is like, I gotta go. Don't get in any trouble. Just stay in the drawer. And on the other side of the cubicle jungle, in that floor is a drinking fountain that's on the fritz. And the mechanic, or the, the janitor guy, or like the handyman tries to fix it. And as he's doing it, it keeps going further and further. 
and it squirts like 50 feet and goes down the easel and across the paint thing and over the side and drops right on Gizmo. Of course. As he's in the drawer. Aw. Okay, yeah. I <laughs> and all the it. same stuff. Where they're like sitting underneath the soda fountain or whatever instead of the soda fountain and the balloon stomach. It's like the soft serve and the balloon stomach. It's like a full, fully functioning TV studio. So it, yeah. uh, in the building, so they go through a bunch of different TV sets and um, like some spooky, like Tales of the Crypt type show and a Julia Childs type show. And then they go and there's also like a crazy lab where they're doing experiments there. Um, I think Vincent Price is actually in it or... Are you kidding? Or what's his... Oh, no. Who is it? It's uh, Saruman. No. It's one of those. It's it's someone a, a note a notice. Was he really in that? I don't know. I don't know. Let's see. I'll, I'll look it up. But yeah, that's that's what happens. That's how Gremlins Two occurs. Mm. So the you know the Christmas song in the mo- the beginning. <clears throat> you know Christmas. Every single time yeah. I hear that song, I think of Gremlins immediately. It just reminds me of it immediately. And then I'm like, oh, it's I want to watch Gremlins. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I yeah, just always every time yeah, I hear that song, uh, I want to go watch it. So the guy from uh, Lord of the Rings. What? Lord yeah, he Rings said Christopher what? Lee. Uh, Christopher Lee. Oh, Christopher Lee is the is the is the guy who runs the scary lab where they're doing experiments, and so you end up having like a lightning bolt gremlin, and you end up having like a a gargoyle flying gremlin. <laughs> That's right. I remember the gargoyle one. Oh my god, I haven't seen that in a while, but I do remember the salad that. bar gremlin. Salad bar. He turns into salad bar. He just starts turning into like tomato face, and oh and god. he just he's so, a vegetable. Apparently, they got into the lab and got mixed up with a bunch of experimental things. Yes, that is <laughs> that is it. I've seen it. I just can't remember all of it. When you're saying it, it's it's becoming more apparent to me. I remember some stuff. Does anybody else wonder what the dog was thinking, the real dog in this movie the whole time, watching the Kremlins? I, I was watching, I always have thought that, but I was watching it today too. He's watching things bubble on the ground and he's watching Gizmo and the dog's just sitting there making little faces and I'm thinking, what's that dog really thinking? Like, what is I've definitely interviewed people who train dogs for movies. Yeah. And a lot of it is just treats on a stick. <laughs> but they've got to like... be wondering, what is this thing? They put, but it's all about eye lines with that. Like they put the treat. The dog is, looks past everything but the treat. I'm like, so what's the deal? He goes, well, they're food motivated. So it it, it looks like the dog's looking at the thing on the ground most of the time. But really, there's a there's a treat on a stick further on on the eye line that he's staring at. But <laughs> I but I think the that. dog's thinking like, all right, I've eaten. Like, uh, I've eaten toys like this. Like, I've chewed on toys like this, but I'm pretty sure that my contract stipulates I cannot I be fi- financially responsible for any damage done to props. <laughs> I'm not allowed to mess with this toy. Oh, my God. Imagine if he just grabbed Gizmo and started shaking him all over the place. <laughs> like, back and forth like dogs do with their toys. <laughs> and Howie Mandel happened. stays in character. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that would be so funny. How Howie Mandel would do something like that too. He, he definitely would. 
Howie Mandel well, has the same rules. He's like, do not. He's like, keep water away from me. I don't eat after midnight, and I don't shake hands because I'm a German. <laughs> no after midnight. It has to be one or after, or maybe nothing until three a.m. We're not sure of the rules, but <laughs> sunrise. But then, then they're gonna die if if the sun rises and they're, and they're under it. Exactly. Uh, but but I I, I want to say before we hit final judgment, unless you you have more. Um, I but I want to say that the dad could narrate anything what his his voice is just spectacular like like he could narrate like he could just narrate any story and i'd be like Mm -hmm. i I just uh, i really want to pay attention to this (laughs) you know it's like absolutely just just the right bass and like you know the right tone it's just awesome so yeah but uh, he wasn't very smart i mean why would you follow some creepy person into this dark, grungy alleyway. I mean, aren't we taught not to do that from when we're well, kids? Wait, wait, wait. wait. You mean, calling that little kid the, the creepy kid? The <laughs> you see, he wasn't creepy. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but I mean, the, the on, dungeon like, was creepy. I mean, if anybody says, oh, come down is... here to my shop, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to be like, led to the place. This is your grandfather's shop? Like, it doesn't look like a grandfather's shop. That'd be like, who knows what's going to happen down there? This is... Who knows? I mean, that's crazy. We're he talk, tries to sell the bathroom, buddy. Yes. It's like, like, he already, the, like, he like, already got it from the guy. And right there, right there, <laughs> that's that's an American thing. Like, you know, I'm gonna just say, uh, say this to this, uh, you know, ancient Chinese guy that's like, he doesn't even semi relate to me at all. Um, so, all right, you ready? Here we go. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right. Now it's time for final judgment. Sorry, I didn't cut you off there, uh, Melanie. <laughs> but it's okay. It's I just wanted to say that um, to... smokeless ashtrays were a real thing, and my grandmother did have one of those for guests that came in the house. <laughs> uh, juicers were real. Uh, yeah. Coffee machines were real. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Like He's like... Uh, putting out all these inventions that already existed yes. <laughs> that's brilliant he is, yes. <laughs> so uh all right brett you kind of already alluded to how well it holds up today but why don't you uh, just you know uh etch it in stone for us all right my final judgment on the film my final judgment on this is that it is a horrible movie that you can't help but love <laughs> everything about it if you were just horrible movie. No, horrible it is a bad no. film it is it is a bad film and and but <laughs> i i say that you can't help but love it it yeah. is able to at the same time give you these very steadfast rules that it doesn't really apply by it, it doesn't really live by um there is inconsistency in so much. It's hard. I'm sure there's screenwriters that are like, you just broke like 20 rules and not like in a good creative way in what seems to be a lazy way where you think that like the, the special effects and the silliness will carry you through. But at the end, it does carry you through. I love Gizmo. I want to hang out with the gremlins. And I think I could have like that Phoebe Cates bartender vibe for long enough for us to really find a common ground where we set up like a part of town where they can just go wreck stuff. Um, but at the end of it, I think it holds up as a a fantastic um, symbol of a simpler time 
in filmmaking where you could just make a movie that doesn't really make sense. And as long as you were as much yourself in making it as possible, that authenticity would come through and uh, and and uh, never underestimate the power of a very merchandisable mascot. <laughs> well, I like that. Jay, how about you? Um, all right, I'm going to split on some of these. Uh, like, like I, I feel like it's kind of on a 50-50 level um, because there's a lot that we mentioned that absolutely does not work today uh, while watching it. You're like listening, checking out all the different things. Um, uh, I think it looks really bad when they're walking down the street. All the gremlins, mm-hmm. like it's the, the stop motion is just bad. Like Rudolph the Red-Nosed yeah. Reindeer makes it look, uh, you know what I mean? It looks good compared to them. Uh, so there's stuff like that where it's like, oh, that's pretty rough. But Gizmo himself, when he's, you know, I mean, he's a close up thing. He's not stop motion. So he looks great. I think he still looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, he like, you know, you want to pick him up and hold him. And so here's where I I'm going to say where it does hold up. Um, it like a couple of years ago, they created a, a, a gizmo toy. That's like a Furby. Like, and it was an actual gizmo though. You could buy that. And, you know, kids seem to, you know, I don't know if they, they went nuts over it, but still parents probably bought it for their kids and the kids, you know, probably enjoyed it. I assume. Um, the other part, is that they are coming out with an animated series on HBO Max Mm -hmm. for, like, 2023. Uh, The, like, almost like an origin story. Yet, the guy who plays Billy has a, I don't know how big a part, but he's got a part in it. So, it's got to hold up a little if they're bringing out other things today. (laughs) Somebody's somebody's got an interest Mm -hmm. in it, so... I'll leave yes. it at that, like a 50-50. He that. lives in Georgia now, too. <laughs> he does? Oh, yeah? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm a friend friend of mine in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> it just rings his doorbell. I love your movie. <laughs> yeah, let me go find out where he lives. I'm just kidding. Um, so, um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm going to say I... I I, I want to be one of those people that is like when I was doing Caddyshack and I was like, no, this does not hold up the sex. But <laughs> I, I want to be more like that, but I'm not with this one. I, I, I'm, I'm always, I kind of lean more towards this holding up and I, and I want to be that grouchy person that's like, no, it doesn't, it sucks. But I like it too much to say it doesn't hold up and it's not just because I like it, but because of some of the things that you were saying, there's too many things that were influenced by this. There's too many movies, um, Ghoulies for one. I mean, just critters i mean there's a billion things that kind of inspired like were inspired by gremlins there's commercials that were recently seen i think it was was it domino's i don't remember but some pizza thing or whatever there's there's constantly things that are bringing this back in some way um the fact that there's toys and there's bands named after the gremlins and there's uh commercials and there's uh, there was that lawsuit actually that you were talking about the furby so um the Furby looked like Gremlins and Gizmo, and they actually sued uh, Furby for this. And what they wanted in, in the end result was that they, <laughs> make, they wanted to make they, they they won the lawsuit, but they wanted them to make a Gizmo. They were like, if you're gonna make Furbies that look like was something that we created, then you're gonna end up making Gizmo. And they made Gizmo, 
Um, and I had stuffed animals as gizmos, and my kids had stuffed animals as gizmos, and, and, it, and you know, yeah, you just want to pick them up and squish them and kiss them, even though you know it's not real. <laughs> so um, I, I think he holds up because he's so cute, and and I, can, I do consider it a Christmas movie. I like the feeling of it when I watch it. I, I still like that feeling that I get. I, I love the whole beginning of the movie, and you know, and the snow-covered streets with the Christmas lights and the... Just everything about it. The person who did the music in the movie, I think, was really spot on, and they won an award as well. Um, I think it's. Right. I do think it's a great movie, huh? No, I. It's. Um, hold on. I have a. <laughs> I have it right here. No, I, I. I. I purposely wrote that down because we two weeks yeah, ago. Uh, it's uh, Jerry Goldsmith, and yeah. he did. We two weeks ago we did the movie Poltergeist. He was the composer for that too. Mm-hmm. See, he's really good, and I like the movie and that. I like the music and that a lot, too. Um, and then I'm always going to say this, and, you know, again, and, and I know a lot of times when people are saying on this show that a movie doesn't hold up because, oh, we've got the leg warmers going on, and we've got the break dancing or things like that. That, to me, is never going to break a movie because, again, and I will say this a thousand times, we were old enough now that the 80s are in style and people like watching things about the 80s. So if this movie came out exactly the way it is, People understand that this is an 80s movie. It's it's made in the 80s, and people may want to see it because of that. And they're going to understand that these technology things that that you know that we did, they didn't have then, and that we do have now, things are different because this was taking place in the 80s. And I and I'll say this again, and I hate always saying the same things, but if I can show this to teenagers now and they like it, well, that proves that it's holding up because there's people around this time and. And 17 and 18 and 16 and all these people that are that are watching it and they think it's cute. So if they like it and uh, and all these 80s things are coming back and and I still like it watching it. Um, you know, I, there's sure there's a lot of problems with it. There's things that literally don't make any sense whatsoever, especially with their rules. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but you, you look past it because it's just too freaking cute and you just got to like it. So, and yeah, I'm going to say it holds up because I I just can't. Imagine trashing this movie and saying it doesn't hold up because it's just it was too good and it made a, a ton of money when it came out and, and and honestly if it came out right now I think that despite some of the dumb things in it I think people would still think it was cute. That's just funny. all right. I I just like the idea that you said that they sued Furby and I can picture yeah. Furby sitting behind like you know like a desk like. Uh, having to answer questions <laughs> like in front of a judge <laughs> being cross-examined. So, I want to be I that like person that says, no, it doesn't well, hold up. Because I, I had more fun when I did Caddyshack, and I really didn't like Caddyshack. So I had fun basically saying, no, it doesn't hold up. But now I'm like, dropping it, bombs. it's so hard. It's so hard for me not to say it doesn't hold up. So I almost That's all right. That's okay. I this almost is... did go 50-50. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of switched it around and said, yeah, it does No, up. I mean, obviously I said stuff holds up. It's just that, you know, this other stuff that I look at and go, ooh. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I mean, yeah. Special it, effects there. Kinda, That's pretty rough. It's got a crap load it, of problems with it, for sure. <laughs> but it it didn't take itself seriously, and having yeah. that in the the original DNA of the film yeah. gives it a lot of leeway to hold up now because it was campy. It wasn't serious. It does it is it doesn't need to be viewed in a new light now because the original light was one of thorough camp. There is a gremlin. A flashing Phoebe Cates right before another one is a maniac, maniac on the floor. Like it, <laughs> that's awesome. It is, it is hilarious. And then there's yeah. like yeah. goo everywhere. I, I yeah. think 
that I, I I definitely see your point there, and that that allowing it to hold up as opposed to Caddyshack, which you might look at as like, oh, this was a bunch of like slow misogynists in you know making a film about stuff only they really liked yeah right and like tiny little skits in it too when you were saying (laughs) that um you know because it was campy and they did things on purpose to kind of make fun of it as they were doing it so remember how we were talking about that story that phoebe kate said in in gremlins one about her dad and everything and you're like oh my god so they make fun of that in part two which is so funny because she's like it's like all of a sudden she gets all serious again and all quiet and she has to go about how like uh, Lincoln's birthday was totally traumatizing to her and she has this whole horrible story that she's gonna say and then they interrupt her with something and but that's so funny because they realized in part one that this story was just crazy and so they make her do the same thing in part two but they're making fun of it so I just thought that was kind of cute that they did that in part two yeah that's cool. <laughs> that's something that disappeared after a certain point in the 80s where you know and they try to bring it back with stranger things this the ability for a movie to exist in a bunch of different like to change genres at the drop of a hat like that was a very intense terrifying monologue an actor's monologue to (laughs) you know the scene before that santa had green goblins on his face as they were like let's go back to the station and in the next scene after it, like there was, there's, you know, dogs playing poker, but they're gremlins. Yeah. And in the middle, she's telling the story about how, like, why she hates Christmas. Yeah. It's a send up. It's a, it's a send up of the seriousness with which monologues like that happen in other horror movies. But yeah. maybe it's not. That's what's so cool about gremlins yeah. is it's like. Are they serious now, or are they just as jokey as they're, they were a second ago when they were singing hi-ho and searching for milk duds? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why he, Joe, Don, um, was it Joe? Dante? Is it Joe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why he fought so hard to keep that, that in there. He, he fought so hard for that because they did not want that part in there. But he was like, no, it's very important to this movie. <laughs> Well, listen, uh, right, Brett, done. thank awesome. you so much. For, no, it's all right. I just want to thank you for joining us. And uh, I want you to uh, maybe uh, tell everybody uh, how to find you. Awesome. My name's Brett Ehrlich. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, where I think that's really the big ones. Uh, Brett Ehrlich. You can go watch me on Twitch every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern for Happy Half Hour, twitch.tv slash TYT. And Game Busters on Fridays and Damage Reports on Fridays. Um, you can see that all at twitch.tv slash TYT. And if you get really bored, you can go to youtube.com slash viral videos and watch really old videos I made uh, about internet trends. That's very cool. Nice. I'm gonna, I'll definitely have to, I'll start following you on those too. There you go. Thank you guys so um, much for having me. This was super duper fun. Thank you awesome. so much. Yeah, you thank are amazing. You. Yeah, so, so much I fun, mean, man. do you watch a lot of movies? Uh, yeah, I used to host the Rotten Tomato show. No <laughs> like, way. Uh, nice. Yeah, so 2008-ish, we did the Rotten Tomato show. We got nominated for a Webby for a, a segment we did called Saw the Musical, where we sang all the ways everyone in the Saw movies died. That was oh. my favorite. <laughs> 
Because you're really good Shotgun at you're really Karen's good at analyzing movies. That's why I, I, I can see you doing that for sure. Yeah, that, that was that's probably <laughs> what I'm most uh, qualified to do. I did uh, ABC's. You know, we love the movies and do their Oscar stuff every so often. And, that's awesome. Yeah. You should come back another time it. and do something else with us that you like. I'll do this whenever. That's awesome. Awesome. Man. Yeah, it was so fun to have you. You're so you're really good I'm, at it too. So. Yeah, you'll get a kick out of Chris, man. He, he's he's a blast to oh have around God. too. Uh, so, um, sorry he couldn't be here tonight, but uh, yeah, thanks again, man. Take care, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll see you later. Ooh,